right here on The Brew for a Friday. Join us on Facebook Live for a special on-the-road freezing without hair being combed. Marshy movie time. The Brew is our page. And uh, see you there right now. Good morning, sleepyhead. Uh, good morning. Yes, it is very much the morning here. And, and you've got to speak like this because you don't want to wake. You're staying. Who are you staying with? I'm staying with my mum and dad. See? You don't want to wake him up. Would you like a cup of tea, James? You don't want to wake him up, do you? I do not, no, because it's four o'clock in the morning. Fair play, that's when I get up. Do you? Do they know that you're in the middle of an, a stellar, world-class, you know, intergalactic live radio show? No, they think I'm doing this. So. <laughs> oh, that's very good. Uh, up bright and early. Well done, James. Join us on Facebook Live if you want to say hello to James and ask him any questions. He's got a bit of a list today to get into, haven't you? Uh, yeah, there are a few things. Uh, we have the much-talked-about uh, journalism. like you're performing a very, very complex brain surgery on me right now. Well, w while I've been here, I've been listening to a lot of classic FM, and they all FM talk like, all this, it, like so this. Yeah, they do. Classic FM. Um, <laughs> But I, yeah, I do need to, do need to right. soften it a little bit. Yes, of course. Um, there's the journalism thriller <laughs> She Said, starring... I'm going to uh, love, I'm going to enjoy this so much. Zoe, Zoe Kazan yeah. and uh, Carrie Mulligan. Uh, we also have a new Netflix movie, The Wonder, starring Florence Pugh. Uh, the big show out is the follow-up to the German sci-fi mystery series Dark, yep. called 1899, from mm -hmm. those guys. Um, there's a Thai rom-com, Fast and Feel Love, and Lindsay Lohan Lindsay is Lohan. back She's with a new back. Christmas movie. David, look, and we check out the panda in his natural habitat. Mm. <laughs> I know, I feel like cross between David Attenborough if he was uh, playing Debussy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, then. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's get stuck into it. I'm going to invite our listeners once more. I've got, I'm doing it now. I'm going to invite our listeners once more to join us on Facebook Live because we really do enjoy your comments and questions and stuff. Yeah, go on, then. All, all yours. All right, well, let's start with She Said, which is the uh, adaptation of the uh, New York Times investigation article by Jody Cantor and Megan Twoey, in which uh, the Harvey Weinstein scandal oh, was yes. first unearthed. Um, it is the story of two young female journalists. Uh, it covers their personal lives as well as their professional lives. Yeah. Uh, they had been exposing... Um, allegations against Donald Trump already in the workplace and think and uh, Fox you know the heads heads of Fox News and and um what's what was his name oh right Bill O'Reilly and people like that uh, when it came across their desk that um there were sexual assault allegations you just mentioned Donald Trump um it's quite interesting that mm. nothing to do with this but the headline of the New York Post in the last few hours here we go again <laughs> pretty much says it all doesn't it <laughs> Uh, that's it. It'll be interesting to see if he even gets the Republican nomination this oh, time. Oh, man, that guy However, is... Yeah, anyway. <laughs> Go on. Mm, I think he's gone beyond entertaining. Um, so so anyway, they um, turn their attentions to a case, uh, accusation of sexual misconduct against uh, Harvey Weinstein yeah. while he was still at the Miramax company. And they do a little digging and find out that there is a long history not only of allegations, but of uh, settlements and, you know, buried, essentially buried uh, cases. And um, 
the, what the film does is it is essentially uh, a sort of a journalistic procedural, you know, in the great tradition of films like All the President's Men and Spotlight yeah, 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 and, yeah. And, and movies like that. And what I was uh, impressed to see is how for long periods of it, it does compare with those films quite favourably. I like you like this, James. I think I just must chuck it in here that I like you like this because you sound like a film critic now. So please, long may I continue. Oh, OK, thanks. Thanks. Yeah, all, where all the best film critics work, in their parents' basement. In their pyjamas. Uh, well, that too, that too. Um, so, yeah, so it, what what I liked about the film is that, yeah, for, for long periods of it, it does eke out the details in the manner of, a, you know, those great journalistic procedures. It does turn uh, these harrowing stories into, you know, an intriguing mystery, a thriller and what have you that, that is actually genuinely entertaining. Obviously, you know, we're not we're not to glean too much entertainment from this because it is a, an incredibly sort of upsetting story. But you very quickly get the picture that um, for Weinstein, it was a pattern of behavior. It was a pre predatory sociopathic behavior that had mm. gone back years and years and years and years and that the number of cases that had even been reported was probably only scratching the surface right. of the reality now obviously you know this this um when this article came out uh this one and, and a, a similar article by rowan Ronan Farrow at the same time mm. sort of really sort of opened up the floodgates to the whole me too movement and uh it's obvious that there's a lot of goodwill behind this project because a number of the uh, key A-list celebrities um, and actresses, particularly who were among Weinstein's victims, actually actually are involved in the film. You know, uh, actresses like Ashley Judd um, even play themselves. You know, and it was her decision to testify against him that really sort of. Uh, got the ball rolling you know they needed one of the sort of the big names the high profile victims to sort of to come out and uh spearhead this uh this case against him you know to go on the record and be quoted and be a named source uh, for the article to really to really work and so it's impressive um that people like ashley judd Rose McGowan and whomever, um, are featured in it. Obviously, there is a bit of a Hong Kong angle to this as well. Um, not playing herself, but the character of Rowena Chu, uh, is in the film as well, who was, uh, his assistant out here, based out here in Hong Kong, um, who, who also, you know, suffered at his hands. And it was, it was great to see that the film did cover that as well. Um, so for the most part, it works really well. There, it, towards you know, towards the end, it does get a little bit kind of um, sort of sen sentimental in, in the execution. There's a little bit too much of you know all the girls in the office high fiving each other as as the truth comes out. Uh, but that's but it's understandable, you know, even if it doesn't quite uh, land cinematically mm. in its final throws you know you you understand the importance and why uh it was necessary for them to tell the story and to do it the way they did <clears throat> it should also be noted that one of the lead producers on the film is brad pitt uh you know whose plan b production company uh, produced the film and of course his partner at the time gwyneth paltrow was also you know 
believe, believe to be a uh, you know a, a, a former victim of of Weinstein's, and so they deal with that as well. Yeah. So uh, so yeah, you know, I thought it's it's not um, it's not quite good enough to really sort of compete at the top tier of of sort of the awards worthy contenders in a way that spotlight did in a way that all the presidents men did um it's it's just a touch below that just in terms of the of the sort of the filmmaking it's a little heavy-handed with some of its um like i said execution of its final movements but for long periods of it as i said it's very well done it's very absorbing very engaging really kind of draws you into uh solving the crime if you like in a way that sort of great journalistic and, and police procedures do so by and large i thought a uh, job well done super excellent i want to go back to the high five thing that's interesting because you know mm. there's an assumption this is very very serious stuff but there's always going to be an assumption that it's very sort of down and, and the reaction to this stuff and if people want to do the high five stuff well it's going to happen and it makes them feel better it's just probably i wonder what some people would think about that yeah no i mean it's it's it a tricky levity, moment levity because... to it for you know what i mean to, to protection or whatever you want to call it yeah, I mean, because you have to understand that obviously for uh, the the two journalists, uh, at a certain point, you have to concede, okay, this is work, you know, and they needed to get this project uh, to completion, if you like. And in order to do that, they needed some of these high level, high level um, victims to go on the record oh, and to bet. be quoted and you all bet. the rest of it. Mm. Mm. And and the same goes, and obviously they need, at the end of the day, they need comment from Weinstein and from Miramax in order to legitimise their their article as well. You know, there are all these legal loopholes that that their the New York Times had to jump through, and you know, I mean, it's it's a minor quibble really, but there is a little, a li just a, a slight sense um, of sort of all the girls rallying together and. Um, sort of job well done at the end that just takes the their foot off the off the pedal a little bit in terms of uh sort of the authenticity and the seriousness and the, and the weightiness of the of the project but yeah. it's it's a very minor thing it's a very minor thing it's it's just a kind of cinematic a little cinematic misstep mm. right, towards the end remind reminder hey join us on facebook live and you can see him live from his basement uh, remind us what the film is called uh, that is called she said and that is out in cinemas right now Brilliant. Um, three minutes until the news, so let's start something, unless there's anything else you want to get stuck into. Well, very quickly, I could just do that. Lindsay Lohan <laughs> is uh, back from Beyond the Grave. It's her first uh, lead role in quite some time. Uh, she uh, is starring in a new Netflix uh, Christmas movie in the great tradition of sort of Hallmark Hallmark Christmas movies. You yeah. know? It's, it's cheese, cheesy, stereotypical, all the rest of it. She plays the heiress of a luxury ski resort. And there's no, is there no prince from a fictional country in Europe? You know, no, it's not quite. It doesn't quite go fancy, but there, but there is a well-meaning but struggling uh, lodge manager from across the next hill uh, who comes to her aid when she gets a bang on the head, suffers from am amnesia, mm. and doesn't know who she is. So she gets picked up, taken to the next village over, where, um, you know, on her road to recovery, she falls in love with this dashing young guy, only to discover, you know that she's actually a really nasty spoilt uh rich chick from uh, from across the way it's exactly what you think it's going to be it's is basically it a, a remake of redemption movie or what? 
Well, of course it is. You know, it's, it's basically a remake of Overboard, if you remember that with Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn. Uh, you know, where, and, and, uh, it's, it's the first of many projects that Lindsay Lohan's going to be doing with Netflix. She signed a big multi, multi-picture deal. And so we're oh, going to yeah. be seeing her do stuff for some time. I mean, I think it's only of interest. It's only important because it is her first lead role in a number of years. You know, yeah. she went from teen star to this kind of like tabloid target and had a bit of a rough time of it in her twenties. Uh, but she now seems to have got come through at the other side. And it reminds you the one good thing about it, the one positive takeaway is it does remind you that when she was the lead in these kind of wholesome family films and rom-coms back in the day, yeah. she's actually quite a, quite a decent screen presence and she's getting a little bit of that back so it'd be interesting to see where she goes from here i mean the film's rubbish but it shows potential <laughs> well, for a kind of renaissance of her career if you just joined us and you're wondering what on earth is going on because he's speaking like this james is in the uk it's what five in the morning now something like that okay um yeah he's like i can't hear you yeah it's very early in the morning so he's got to keep his voice down but it's still the same super quality stuff that we get every week do join us on facebook live the news is coming up very shortly uh, love to hear what you say we'll be back in just a while so let's just get to it shall we Radio yeah still in with james marsh whose headphones have just fallen off so he's got to be even quieter haven't you I will be, yes. Well, I've just got to make you even quieter. So. No, that's not going to happen. Okay. Hey, listen, Dave in Aussie. Good day, mate. He says, come on, he's trying his best. He said, so what you're saying is if I have 90 minutes to waste, it's the movie to watch. Falling for Christmas with yep. Lindsay Lohan. Yeah. Sure, why not? <laughs> if, if it's really come to that. And these are the, you know, the good thing is that they've got so much on offer these days but um have, listen have they what it is. have they sort of you keep saying hallmark and everybody knows what we mean by christmas and hallmark movies and but people really eat them up don't they have, have netflix said ah oh, we'll have a bit of that uh yeah they have you know they they started um a year or two ago and they did sort of, right, right we can get into this yeah. sort of seasonal rom-com game that they're so cheap to produce all you need is a kind of pretty face and it doesn't even need to be a recognizable name and uh bash it out 90 minutes people do. i was watching um i think it was stephen colbert last night and he did a did a piece about hallmark movies and he said that this year alone hallmark was releasing 41 different christmas romantic comedies this year yeah so um you know it's obviously a, a very very sort of fertile uh part of the part of the market yep indeed shall we move on i think we probably should i think the big show that um we need to talk about is called 1899 oh. which is the new uh, much anticipated netflix series from baron bo Oldar and janshi freezer who were the uh, german couple writer director couple who created dark which was this um, really successful, mind-bending, mystery, sci-fi thriller um, that became a big sort of hit during uh, during the pandemic internationally when people were digging deep into their Netflix to find more and more stuff to watch after they've watched Squid Game and Tiger King and all of those stuff. A lot of people uh, sort of honed in on, on this show, Dark, which uh, took a lot of sort of twists and turns and became very successful. So needless to say, Netflix immediately greenlit their next project. And because they know that all the eyes of the world are going to be on them, this is far more of a sort of an internationally focused project. Um, it's 
predominantly in English this time round, but it has French, German, even Cantonese is spoken with some regularity in the show. Mm. And essentially what it is, is it's set in 1899 aboard an ocean liner, luxury cruise ship that's going across the Atlantic. Uh, one of the main um, passengers aboard it is a young woman called <clears throat> called Mora, who is heading to us to meet up with her brother right. now her brother disappeared four months earlier and she believes that he was on a similar cruise ship called the prometheus which disappeared at sea at that time now when her ship the kerberos uh picks up what might be a distress call from the prometheus the captain uh makes the decision much against the um the desires of his of his uh, passengers and his yeah. crew that they are going to change course they're going to go and investigate and what they investigate leads to an entirely new sort of unfolding genre bending mystery let me say hi to tommy who joins us on our facebook live feed and he says i'm looking forward to watching 1899 unless marshy is about to put me off it well i can tell by the tone of his voice even though he sounds like this that no he's not going to put you off it right well, no, let's get that out of the way. No, I think everybody should check it out. <laughs> yeah. No, I think if you were, if you were a fan of dark, uh, you're a fan of the kind of storytelling techniques that they use, then I think you know what you're getting into. And, um, you, you will be getting, you know, plenty more of the same. It's definitely one of those shows where the less you know about it going in, the better. So I want to be very careful that I don't you know, spoil too much or reveal too much because it's definitely one of those shows where, um, much like the, how Dark was structured, each episode ends with a new kind of reveal that rather than sort of uh, giving the audience more information, just proves to the audience how little they really know. It's mm. like it, it takes a step back, tears off one layer of the onion and reveals to the audience, oh, I, had, I, I really know even less now than I thought I did. And it's, it's, you know, you can say it's something of a storytelling gimmick, but it's definitely one that invites kind of binge watching because just as you think you're getting a handle on what's going on, uh, you know, the episode ends with a complete sort of pullback of the curtain and going, huh, -huh and you have to click on and you have to watch the next episode. I mean, yeah, it's Tommy, go for it. 50 minute, it's eight 50 minute episodes and I watched the whole thing yesterday. Yeah. So, well done. Yeah. So yes, basically to Tommy get in there yeah i mean it, because it does it does do that again and again and again and again some people um, might find it a bit uh gimmicky that it goes a bit too far a bit too over the top i mean where the season without getting into any detail where the season begins and where the season ends are so far removed from one another you know um narratively tonally thematically even on, a, on what genre you're dealing with that for some for some looking for you know a um an almost, dare I say, serious mm -hmm. psychodrama set aboard a 19th century cruise ship, they may, um, they may lose their patience with, with the, uh, the scope and ambition of the project. And, you know, if I'm completely honest, there's enough going on on board the ship on its own in the kind of upstairs, downstairs, you know, first class versus steerage, uh, the crew versus those down shoveling oh, yeah. coal in the basement. Yeah, and what yeah, have. Yeah. there's so much of that. And then obviously there's more, there's one or two stowaways come on board and, and mysterious characters appearing and what have. You. There's so much of that going on that one could argue it almost doesn't really need 
anything else. And yet um, the, the the creators, you know, hold you down and sh- and shovel the mystery in um, to to such a degree that it might it might be a little uh, over egged for some. However, um, it's uh, it's it's darn fine and entertaining and uh, binge worthy TV for sure. Yeehaw, eighteen ninety nine. Well, you're doing well, James. I'm really enjoying you, James two point So, what should we do now? Well, let's talk about. Um, the Wonder, which is a, a British movie that has just popped up on Netflix, starring, uh, well, it's directed by a Chile, Chilean filmmaker called Sebastian Lelio, oh, yeah. who won the um, Best Foreign Language Film Oscar a few years ago for his uh, film A Fantastic Woman, which uh, got very good notices. This is set in uh, 19th century Ireland mm-hmm. and stars Florence Pugh as a nurse, a veteran of the Crimean War, yep. called Mrs. Wright, uh, who is uh, invited to this small Irish community to be a an observer of this young girl called Anna, who is apparently um, a miracle, a living miracle. Oh, yeah. Apparently she hasn't eaten anything for nearly four months now and so the uh the, the priests and the village elders you know who include sort of toby jones and kieran hines are very are very eager to promote the fact that this must be the lord's the lord's work particularly obviously at a time when the, the country is wrestling with uh, with famine and what and what have you if they can kind of um promote this poster child of of abstinence from suffering then um then it would really sort of help their cause and, and what um Libby is brought in to do is merely to watch and observe and ensure that this young girl doesn't eat. And she's like, well, hang on a minute. You know, she gets the job along with a, with a, um, with a nun and she's immediately conflicted. She's like, well, I'm a nurse, you know, I'm here to ensure the safety and the the health and safety of this young girl. Mm -hmm. But that does not seem to be what the elders have any interest in at all. They want to ensure that this young girl continues on her her fast and perhaps even ultimately become a martyr, you know, for the local community. And uh, obviously that puts, uh, puts Libby into immediate sort of conflict with the, with the community in which she is a stranger and an outsider already. And uh, things develop that. And she also starts to develop some kind of rapport with uh, the young girl, Anna, who's a sort of young teenage girl um who who yes very straight face claims that she hasn't had anything to eat or drink for four months she has water but other than that all she has is manna from heaven to okay. sustain fair herself play. fair play yeah so is it any good i think i think this will appeal to certain people yeah i mean it's uh it's it's not a laugh a minute thrill ride <laughs> i'll give you that it's you know it's it's slow and deliberately paced but it does tap into some very interesting uh topics and themes you know the film actually starts um in the present day in the, on the inside of a uh, sound studio yeah and narration sort of says to us um you're about to watch a film the film is called the wonder yeah uh, the characters in this film um believe the stories that, that they are telling you completely and wholeheartedly mm. And so there's this interesting sort of immediate sort of meta-textual element to the film. You know, it immediately presents... What do you think the purpose the of that is, actually? Well, I think... Because it could I be several things. It's, it's, it's trying to highlight, I think, the importance of stories, you know, for, for us as a community, for the community within the film. And, you know, 
asks the question, what is more important? Is it the empirical truth or is it, or is it a story that from which we can draw some um, inspiration and, and motivation? Yep. And I think that applies both to us watching the film, you know, whether it's a true story or not. And obviously to the plight of this young girl, is that a true story or not? Does it matter that it's a true story or not? Or does the message of the story, right. is that more important than the film, than the, than the film itself? Sounds than, the complicated. than the suffering of this young complicated girl. for me. So, so it is complicated, but you can, to some degree, you can kind of ignore that part right. of it, and you can just look at it on on the surface level for what it is. I will say that Florence Pugh, who is obviously fast becoming a huge star yeah. around these parts, um, it's nice seeing her kind of get back to basics, stepping away from all the Marvel stuff and all the big budget stuff and all the horror stuff that she's been doing, and going back to the kind of roles that she was doing just as she was breaking out in the UK. Films like um, Lady Macbeth and what have you. Mm. Um, you know, so it's a very sort of understated, unshowy performance, but she really has to carry a lot of the drama of the film herself. It's definitely not for everybody. It is quite a difficult watch, not only for its um, for its topics and its themes, but also, as I said, its its pace and its tone is um, is quite withdrawn and reserved. Oh, and cheer, cheer, and cheer us up, will you, mate? Come on. Okay, but if you've you know, but people in the mood for a little bit of that, yeah. um, it's 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 a it's a Just... thought provoking. Uh, you know, stimulating movie that will provoke some discussion afterwards. All right, then. Okay. How many more? We've got time for a couple more, I guess. Finish your list, in we fact. We have yeah. one more. Okay. We have one more You're to go, which is... Uh, an opportunity to do and more. I love it when DJs write and more. Yeah, and what is that exactly? Because I've just listed out about 16 films and more. Silly me. Anyway, what you got? <laughs> yeah, no... The... <laughs> Uh, one, just one more, okay. which is a, a Thai, a Thai rom-com called Fast and Feel Love, okay. uh, which is the story of, uh, a high schooler called Cal, <clears throat> who played by Nat, uh, Kitcherit, who's quite a big Thai star over there, who, um, doesn't really want to do anything in terms of a career other than become a champion cup stacker. Yeah. Now, you might have seen this online, you know, these guys who's like, take lots of plastic cups and then, uh, you know, against the clock, they stack them up into combinations of pyramids and what have you. I haven't seen that. <laughs> if you look on, on the TikTok or the, the Instagram stories or anything like that, you know, it's the kind of thing that does surface. Apparently it has become a sort of legitimate international sport and, uh, and he wants to do that. Um, he it attracts the attention of Jay, uh, an attractive young fellow classmate who similarly has pretty uh, modest, um, life goals she just wants to you know get married buy a house settle down yeah and so they agree to kind of get together and she agrees to support him years go by it's been about 10 years later and they are still together they've just bought their first house but it has a nursery in it and i think jay has her eye on maybe getting you know, starting a family but cow immediately claims it as his practice room and so shuts all of that down and very quickly jay loses her patience and moves out and says, I'm going to sell the house. I'm, I'm leaving you. You need to grow up. You need to be more responsible. So what this does is it, is it, um, suddenly reveals to Cal that he doesn't know how to operate in the real world. Right. He doesn't know how to look after himself, that he's been relying completely on this girl. And can he get her back while also still competing for the international cha world championships in cup stacking? And, um, and that's kind of the premise that's of the movie. Of yeah. There's a, I'll tell you what, what I did like about it is there is a good running joke about para, about parasite, you know, the South Korean 
Oscar winner Parasite, because when he realizes that he um, he can't fend for himself, he kind of ends up hiring in, you know, a um, a sort of a small cadre of of help, essentially of house help, yeah. um, in in the in the guise of you know a maid and a driver and an English tutor, who are all very much modelled on the characters out of Parasite, who right. uh, you know weasel their way into this wealthy uh, family's house and that's a you know they they clean a few good jokes out of that and, and i got to be honest the the two leads nat chicharit and rosia spurband <clears throat> who's half norwegian um are pretty likable pretty amicable characters and screen presences in their own right but the mm. problem is not for one minute do you believe that there is any kind of you know, romantic connection or, uh, uh, between the two of them. And the movie relies obviously on you wanting this couple to get back together. Well, there you go. Right from the get go. Yeah. And that falls flat. Fortunately, the supporting cast does pick things up. Like I said, this sort of, um, ensemble of parasites, um, imitators there's also a very young girl played by uh kita pat pongres pongrea sorry who um becomes his new tutor in order for him to hone his craft and become he gets tutored by this very cocky like 12 year old girl which is kind of funny but it's not enough to certainly not enough to sustain a movie that is well over two hours long okay. i think I don't, i'm not sure why thailand Thailand goes for these. They go for these like rom-coms that are like two, two like hours, it. 15. It must be a thing. We were talking it, about Korean medical shows a couple of weeks ago. They love them. It must be a non-issue <laughs> over there. But for, for me personally, a movie like this, if it comes in at 89 minutes, 100 minutes, I'm happy. But if you're asking me to watch 135 minutes about of it. goofy rom-com, it's a big ask. And this one didn't quite get over the line. So if you're up for sitting in there for however long you'll like it well i think it, it even then i think it has it has maybe enough but it's mainly due to the supporting cast the two leads nice enough on their own but you, yeah. it's just you just don't buy the romance is there anything in is there a thing in thai movies that might explain that is there something that you know a device that the audience's love and it pops up in these movies that would contribute to that well, my suspicion is, um, on the one hand, the films are very cheap to make. Uh -huh. And on the other hand, I think most of the audience are coming to see the film because of who is in it. Right. I, I, I imagine that these, that these two leads are incredibly popular. And so they're, they're more than happy to get their money's worth. Yep. All right, then. Re remind us what we've been talking about today, if you would. Okay. I will. So that is a Thai rom-com Fast and Feel Love. Also in cinemas right now is the Weinstein expose drama She Said. Yep. Then on Netflix, we've got the big new international sci-fi mystery show 1899. Yep. There's the Florence Pugh, uh, you know, Irish Catholic drama The Wonder. Um, and then what was the other one? There was something else. Oh, and then Lindsay Lohan, <laughs> Falling for Christmas, also on, on uh, Netflix. All right, then. So what's the deal? How long are you going to be there for, speaking like this? How long are you there? I will I will be here next week as well, but then by the following week, I will be back. Back to your usual. I'm here till the end of the month. Tolerable self. Anyway, James, well done. All the way from the UK, bright and early, and so to bed.